Well, we uh, have been in this series in the book of James, and we've called it um, Life Apps because we, we see the book of James as this real-life application, this book from the Bible that, gives, that just hits home with our, our lives. And so oftentimes, for those of you who maybe didn't grow up in church, or maybe you did grow up in church, and you always felt like the Bible didn't have a lot of application to your life, it just kind of felt like an old document, um, the, the book of James is one of those books that it hits home in so many different areas. And, uh, and we're in chapter 4, James chapter 4, so if you have a Bible, uh, jump with me to James chapter 4. If you don't, we'll, we'll still have this stuff on the screen, but you, I want you to be reading this book at home. I want you to go home and read this book because it will change you. It is, it is challenging. It is in your face, um, but it has a lot of real application to, to you and how you walk uh, day to day. So this week, I was um, thinking of what would be a good app for this week. And it's, it, chapter 4 is called the, the, no, the Stop Fighting app because uh, it's all about um, people who quarrel and fight. And so, uh, as always, I always have uh, look for fun apps on my iPhone. I found a great app this week, and it's called the Face Fighting app. Here's a picture of it up there. You can actually, you can actually uh, take a picture of someone and put their face as an opponent, and then you can see you can punch them, you can kick them. And, uh, and I, I didn't put this up there, but after a while, after you beat them and kick them for a while, they get kind of bloody and black and blue, and actually their teeth start going too. So it's, it's really fun to, I, I beat myself up uh, this week on my iPhone. But maybe you have somebody that you want to beat up. Well, you just take a picture of them and, you know, and, and have fun, have a, have a go at it. The only problem is, is that he actually fights back. So, but you have, you have to be able to beat him. So wouldn't it be nice though, if we had an, an app that would stop any kind of disagreements and fighting in our lives? I don't know if, if you guys, um, I feel this way, but oftentimes there is a lot of fighting going around. Uh, not always that I'm involved, but I see people fight. I see my kids fight a lot, and um, sometimes my wife and I will fight. I'm sure that never happens to you guys. I remember hearing like uh, somebody say, "My wife and I never fight." And I was like, "You must never talk," you know. So, um, but yes, even I can get in, into disagreements and, and arguments with my wife, and and so I, I think that we we. We kind of all deal with this issue of fighting, and James addresses it head on. He, you know, we, we fight with spouses, parents, we fight with our kids, we fight with coworkers, um, but oftentimes we will um, we will say things like, "Well, everyone fights," you know, so it's just a part of life. Or if you know any good Italians, like uh, my wife's a, an Italian, you just would say, "Well, that's just a part of who we are as Italians. We just fight. That's just who we are," and so. Um, uh, maybe you're one of those kind of people where you just say, well, I'm just a loud personality. You know, I, I, I'm just confrontational. Um, this, is how we, this is how we discuss things that are important. We, we fight. Uh, but I don't think there's ever a real good excuse for fighting and being hurtful to people. Not that it's never wrong to have confrontation, and we need to have confrontation. We need to have difficult conversations. But I think oftentimes in many of our lives, we deal with a lot of, a lot of fighting. If you've ever... If you've ever screamed at somebody and maybe the neighbors heard you or you raised your tone at work and kind of everybody looked over there. Um, if you've ever slammed a door, if you've ever stomped your feet running out of a room, uh, if you've ever made threats that you knew you could never follow up through or follow with, um, if, you, if you said things that you know you didn't really mean at the time and regret saying, then you've been in the seat of, of fighting. 
Um, but how do we stop fighting? How do we, how do we, not that we just get along, but how do we end the, the quarrels? And the, the answer is actually surprising, very surprising. James chapter 4, let's look at the very first verse. James says this, What causes fights and quarrels among you? Now, the letter of James is written to a bunch of uh, Jewish early Christians. It was the very first book of the, of the Bible, um, of the New Testament that was written that we know of. And we know that um, it was written to the, the Jews who had left Jerusalem and had spread out all over uh, the Middle East, running for their, their lives, many of them. Uh, but just like any good Christian and church person, um, they could get into some good fights. And so this letter was not just to them, it's to us too, because if, if you're like me, you probably get into some arguments every now and then. So he asked the question, what causes it? Now, when you get asked that question, what causes the fight between you and your wife, or what causes the fight between you and your kids, most people will say, it's who? It's them, right? That's first thing that we do is we, we point the blame. We say, it's them. And I'm sure you've heard this before, but when you point your finger at somebody else, there's four pointing back at you. Well, that's what James uh, is about to tell us. He's saying, he's going to say, here's what causes fights and quarrels. The next part of the verse says this. Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? In other words, you're fighting on the outside, but there's another fight going on internally. It doesn't mean indigestion. It means there's, there's a battle. And it's not like the two angels, not like the angel, the devil. He's not talking about that either. He's talking about there's a real battle in your heart. Um, there's a, a war that's being waged in your heart that is causing you to act out in this way. It's causing you to fight. It's because of a desire that, a desire, a battle that is within you. He's going to describe that in verse 2. It says this, you desire, but do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. He's saying the reality of if you take any real quarrel, any real fight, ultimately, if you kind of just break it down, really there's something inside of you, or inside of maybe it's just the other person, uh, and maybe it's both of you, but the, the reason why you're fighting is because there's a battle inside of you and it probably has to do with something that you want that you're not getting. Can you think back to some of the recent fights that maybe you've been in? And would, would you say that would be true? I'm not getting what I want, therefore I'm getting in a fight. Or they did not get what they wanted, therefore I got into an argument or, or a fight. And so the first principle that we learn in James is that... Uh, Fights come from misdirected desires that oftentimes will have more to do about us and our wants and desires and less to do about the other person. It's this inside battle that, that we face. In our community group, um, who we, we meet at our house, and we have uh, several families that come and meet and lots of kids, and we've been doing this study called The Seven Deadly Sins. It's been real interesting because I don't know if you guys have ever heard about The Seven Deadly Sins. It's not just a movie, um, but it, it actually, there, the Bible doesn't specifically say there are seven deadly sins. It was created by the Catholic Church. 
but they are sins that are listed in the Bible. Um, but the Catholic Church, uh, late or early, and I guess it was like the 1400s, decided to call these deadly sins. And so the, the deadly sins were pride, greed, jealousy, envy, lust, sloth, and wrath. And we've been walking through these, and man, it's been pretty convicting. You would think, man, I don't struggle with the seven deadly sins, but oh my gosh, when you begin to talk about really what it is. You see, James says, you, uh, he says, you, you desire but do not have. That's, that's greed. That says, um, greed says, I owe me. Greed says, I deserve something and I'm not getting it. And uh, oftentimes we'll get into arguments because we, we want something and therefore, because we want something and cannot get it, we begin to, to fight. Now, J- James says, you, you desire but don't have, so you kill. Now, most of us are nice enough. We say, well, we're not going to go kill anybody. Um, but we can sure hurt them emotionally. We can sure verbally hurt them. We can sure make sure they know that um, they, they have a piece of our mind, right? Or we spread rumors or we tell others or we, or we lie about uh, others to them. And, um, you know, we can find ways to hurt people around killing them, can't we? We're pretty good at that. And we can find ways of punishing people and making them feel pain because uh, of, of, our, um, of our frustration, we can make them pay emotionally. We can shame them, things like that. But this, this idea of fighting comes from this unmet desire of, of I deserve something. I deserve a raise, and you're in my way. Therefore, I, I'm going to get in a fight with you. I deserve to come home and be able to just to relax because I've worked so hard. I deserve that, and you're in my way of doing that. Um, the kids are running around, or your wife wants you to do something, and you're like, hey, you're... I want this, and I'm not getting that, so I get upset. And when we look at that internally, really that's a battle of, of greed in our heart. I, I deserve more money. I deserve a better house. I deserve a better car. I deserve a better marriage. I deserve to be treated better. I deserve a bit more respect. I deserve a better status. I deserve uh, whatever. And because we say, I owe me, and I deserve this, when we don't get that, we fight. He also says... Um, he also says you covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. Now, coveting is when we see what, what others have, and we say, why don't I have what they have? I should have what that person has, because I deserve to have what maybe they don't even deserve. Now that, and that's coveting or jealousy. And jealousy says, God owes me. Uh, greed says, I owe me, but jealousy says, God owes me. God, why, why do they have more than I have? I've worked harder than they have. Um, I, I've, you know, I've tried harder. I've done more. I'm a better person. And, and it seems like they are, have more and get away with more. And it seems like they're, you know, I'm a, they're not even a Christian. And, and they, get, you know, they get this, they get the car, they get the house, they get you know, the better job, whatever. And, and you're frustrated because... Uh, God owes you, or at least you feel that way, and therefore you you fight, um, you quarrel, you find things to to be upset at, and so it's just that that God owes me, and what it leads to is it leads to anger, which is you owe me, is when we begin to personalize it and we get angry and we say you owe me, I, I deserved this, therefore you you owe me, and I'm now I'm angry, and we act out in our anger, we quarrel, we fight. Um, someone at work didn't file the papers the way they were supposed to, and you get angry because you, you deserved them to be filed the correct way. Your kids um, 
do, didn't, didn't do their chores and they were supposed to, and you get angry because they, they hurt you and they didn't do what you expected them to do. Therefore, um, you're upset. Your husband or your spouse or your wife, you expected them to do um, one thing. They left, left clothes on the floor again or... Um, you know, or they, uh, you know, left the keys in the car overnight again or, you know, or lost the keys or did something or didn't pay the bill on time. And now you deserved better. And so you're upset. Um, he says, James says, the, the problem with most all of our arguments come back to us. That's not really what we want to hear, is it? <laughs> what we'd love to hear is, you know, what? it's them. James did not say anytime there's an argument, it's them. He doesn't say that. I wish that he said that, but he didn't. He says that it comes from desires that we have in here that aren't met. Therefore, we are acting out them externally. Then he says this. Uh, He says, you do not have because you do not ask God. He says, you do not have because you do not ask God. We ask uh, everyone else around us to treat us a certain way, to give us a certain amount of respect, to meet our needs. And in the reality, we should be asking God. And James makes it very clear. uh, We're upset because we don't have, but it's because we've not asked God. And then for those of you who are saying, well, I've asked God and he didn't give me what I wanted. James has something to say for you too. Verse (laughs) 3, he says, When you ask, you do not receive. Because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you want, or they, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Therefore, greed, I have envy, I have jealousy, and, and I covet and I want, but I ask God of things, but really I want, I want it because I, I just want to spend it on my own pleasures. I, I want a better job just because I want more money, I want a certain level of comfort. I, I want uh, a better marriage, not because I want to honor God, but just because um, I, I want more security. You know, I, I want to, to be prettier, I want to be better looking, or all these other things, not, not because um, I want to honor God with that, but just so that I can better myself and better my position, status, popularity, whatever it might would be. And God says that if you don't receive, it's because we ask with the wrong motives. Um, so we fight others because we have unmet Needs, unmet, misdirected desires. So many of you, if you're in the middle of an argument, um, you might be asking, uh, you might be fighting with the wrong person. You might be looking to the wrong person. You might be looking to someone to meet needs that they can never, ever meet. Number four, James, is, he's such like a, a sweet, like calm and um, generous person with his words. Verse 4 is just going to speak so sweetly and nicely to us. He says this. uh, If you know James and the book of James, you've read it before, you would laugh because he doesn't. Verse 4 says this. You adulterous people. Thanks a lot, James. He says, you adulterous people. Don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Now, what is this verse doing in here? And what does this mean being adulterous? Okay. Now, if you commit adultery on your spouse, you are giving your affections to another person instead of your spouse. And what James is saying is that 
if you are a person, he, he's saying when you fight, when you quarrel, you are giving your affections away to someone other than God because you are desiring something of the world that is not of God. You're desiring whether it be, you know, um, status or, or popularity or whatever it might be or money. And you're desiring that more than you are desiring God. And when you do, that leads to just by default nature, you become an enemy of God. Now, I, I have a, um, I bought a DVD player like a couple months ago. And I cannot get it to like continue to work right because it's like a brand new DVD player and it has all the new stuff to, on it. And I have an old TV, and uh, and and it, it for some reason like the default setting is puts it on this like high 1080 HD resolution. And my my TV, although it's you know it's a nice TV, it can't handle that because it's not like high def like that. So it freaks out my TV. So the default setting is it like it like tries to put it out to HD and my TV will go crazy. It like crackles and pops and the screen flashes. Well, anytime like the, the power goes out or you turn the, the, um, the player off, it goes back to default settings. It's really frustrating and annoying. And so then I have to go and fix all the settings because my TV goes crazy. It's like the default setting is for it just to, to mess everything up. And uh, believe it or not, that is all of our default settings. You and I are pretty messed up people. Okay, you're broken and you're you're sinful. And even whether you admit it or not, your your default setting is is towards your sin nature. And because your default setting is your sin nature, you're constantly going to be fighting um, towards towards being a friend of God and not an enemy of God. And so God, the the Bible does say that you know in in our sin we are enemies of God. But we thank Jesus that he has made us a friend with God and through his grace. And so, so here, James is saying it's, it's, it's that we have a desire for things that really aren't of God. We begin to desire status more than godly character. We desire things like money more than faith. We desire things like security more than a dependence on God. We desire things like possessions more than a, a peace in him. We desire things like revenge more than forgiveness or, or comfort more than character, or we, des- or we, we desire uh, passion or pleasure more than we do purity. And when we begin to desire those things more, then we're going to get into fights. We're going to have battles. We're going to get into arguments, uh, James says. Verse 6, though, he says, but here's, here's the great news. Uh, but he gives us more grace. I love that verse. <laughs> I like that one because the the I don't like being an enemy of God. But James just does it in such a, a good way. He he tells us and reminds us that our default setting, and when you begin to desire things, other things more than God, then you you become an enemy of God. And oftentimes, your fighting and your quarreling is because that you've desired things that are not of God, and instead you're desiring things of the world. And he says, but the, the good news is, is that God is full of grace. And the, the more that you mess it up and the more that you sin, the more grace he has to give you. And he says, that is why the scripture says, God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. In other words, God gives us favor when we come to him and we say, God, I, I, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm broken. And I, I realize that I'm in this battle with my spouse. I'm in this fight with my coworker. I'm in this battle with my, my neighbor. And it really has to do with something inside of my heart. 
There's something deep in my heart that is, I, I want revenge. I want, I want them to treat me a certain way. I expect to be treated a certain way. And in reality, um, I'm expecting someone to do for me what only you can do for me. So that's what it boils down to when it, when it comes to, to, to arguments and fighting is that oftentimes we expect God or we expect others, people, spouse, whether it be a coworker, someone. We expect someone to do for us what only God can do for us. Have you ever done that? Have you ever expected someone to, to be perfect and you, you come to find out that they're not and you're disappointed and it causes fights and arguments because they've disappointed you? God's the only one that's perfect. He's the only one that will never disappoint you in that in that sense. You know, have have you ever um, tried to say, I, I, I'm expecting this person, I'm expecting my spouse to make me feel loved, to bring me self-worth, to, to be my confidence, you know, to, to make me feel good about myself. If if you're looking for a spouse or for a person or for a coworker or for a job to give you that sense of self-assurance and self-confidence, um, you're going to be hurt because you're expecting someone or something to do for you what only God can. You're expecting someone to meet a desire in you that really can only come and be fulfilled in God. You see, our deepest desires of our hearts, the most, the deepest parts of our, of our, of our soul, are, are only met in God, and God designed it that way. He did that way on purpose, so that you will always be frustrated in every relationship that you have that you look to, to fulfill you on the inside, whether that be in a marriage or whether that be in a friendship or whether that be um, in in your parents or whatever it might would be. He, you will always be frustrated. Because they will never meet your needs like God can meet them. And you're expecting someone to meet the needs that only God can meet. Only God can give you fulfillment. Only God can give you the sense of self-confidence and self-worth in Jesus that you really need. And if you're a person here who gets into a lot of arguments, you need to begin to look at yourself inside and say, Am I, am I looking to others to fulfill needs that I need to see Jesus meet? I expect people to be perfect around me because I know that I'm not perfect. You know, I'm expecting others to to forgive me, but I don't know that I'm willing to forgive others. Um, Those are needs that only, only God can meet. Only He can meet. Verse 7 says this. He says, submit yourselves then to God. The answer is, is to submit ourselves, to, to humbly say, okay, God, I'm in the midst of this battle, in the midst of this argument. I'm arguing with my spouse. We're fighting on this. I'm arguing with my kids. We're fighting on this. I'm arguing with my coworker on this. I've got to submit myself to God. It's a submission issue. I've got to come back and not be prideful and not raise my voice and be, I'll be the person who can speak the loudest in the room because the person who can speak the loudest or, or you know, convince the other person that they're right, they're the person that wins. No, 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 no. It's not winning an argument. That's not really winning. James would say that winning an argument is submitting yourself to God. Submitting yourself to Him and saying, okay, I'm going to submit myself to God. I'm going to humble myself and I'm going to admit that maybe I have some weaknesses on my own and maybe, I, maybe there's some greed popping up. Maybe there's something that I'm wanting that I'm not getting. And he says this, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. What does that mean? That means when you, when you have greed, 
If, if you're struggling with greediness, that means be generous. Be generous because you're resisting. You're doing the very opposite of what greed is. Greed says, um, I owe me. And generosity says, I give you. You know, It's like, I'm just going to give it away. I don't deserve it. So I'm, I'm going to give away. I'm going to be generous. Uh, if, if someone hurts you and you feel like, man, they, they deserve, I'm angry at them, then you need to give them grace and, 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 and forgiveness, even though you don't feel like it. Because that's what God's given you. That's resisting the devil. That's doing the opposite. If you're jealous and you're dealing with like a, maybe it's a work relationship and you're jealous of them and, or you covet what they have, uh, you need to elevate that person. You need to be thankful for, what God's, for where God's placed you and then show public appreciation for a person that you're jealous of. That's tough. And, and tell them how awesome they are, you know, and say, hey, listen, I'm, you know, I'm so, so proud of you. And even though you're like, I really want what you have, but say, man, you, you know, lift, lift them up and, and appreciate them. Show them public appreciation and, and be thankful for where you are. That's the cure for, for jealousy because it's the very opposite of it. That's resisting the devil. If you're a person who is quick to speak and, and, and um, slow to think, quick to become angry, then maybe you need to hold your tongue. That's resisting the devil. And praying through what you say first. That's, a, that's resisting the devil. Um, and then he says this. He says, come near to God. And here's the, the glorious part of the verse. He will come near to you. That's awesome. Have you ever felt far from God? James says, if you come near to God, he'll come near to you. Well, I, I, I want to come near to God, but I'm so messed up and I've made so many mistakes. God, God, God doesn't understand. He says he gives grace, grace and more grace to those who would humble themselves. Now, if you're going to say, I'm, I'm proud and I'm going to mess up and I just don't care and I'm going to sin and you know, forget you, God, well, then that's, that's proud, that's being prideful and arrogant and the Bible says God will oppose you. So I don't know that I would want to be in that position <laughs> if you do. But if you say, I'm fine with my sin and I'm okay with that and you know, God can shove it, then God says, then I'm going to oppose you. But if you're a person who says, I'm going to be humble... You come near to God. God says, I will come near to you. Think about that for a second. The, the God of the universe, the God who made everything, the God who is only one, the only God, he cares about you enough that when you come to him, he comes near to you. That's pretty amazing. You have a God who initiates a relationship with you and wants to know you. He wants to redeem you. He wants to work through your relationships. He wants to, to fulfill the needs met deep in your heart. Because you know what, if you're a person, really, if you're a person, really, who your deepest needs are met in Him, then you know what, you're not going to have a lot of reason to argue. Because you'll understand when people disappoint you and when things frustrate you, that ultimately that's not, that's really not what life is about. But your fullness is met in God. And when your fullness is met in God, then it's okay if, if you kind of get the runaround at work. It's okay if you get undervalued and underappreciated at work. If you get undervalued and underappreciated at home. It's okay because you're overvalued and you're overappreciated in Christ. Overappreciated and overvalued in Christ. And when He fills the holes in your heart, then it's okay when your relationships fail you. It's always okay. Um, So He says, come near and He will come to us. And then he gives us uh, this 
um, almost a ceremonial thing because he's, he's a Jew. And he says this. He says, wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning, your joy to gloom. Humble, your, humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. It's this idea that, that we come just straight to God and we, we're willing to, to cleanse ourselves, washing our hands, being we're really just to kind of get rid of the junk in our lives that we've been doing and to turn away from the sin that we've been living in and turn back to God. That we wouldn't just say, oh, our sin's okay. We wouldn't justify our sins, but we would say, God, we need you. We wouldn't just resist we wouldn't just say, uh, God, I just want your forgiveness, but never want to repent of our own sin. I want God to forgive my sin, but I never want to clean up my life. He said, you need to clean up your life, but come to God and humble yourself, and he will come near to you. So how, how's your marriage doing? Are you guys fighting? Are you, are you happy with each other? If, you, if you're happy, that's great, and fights may come. And just remember that when they do come, and if they are, you're in the midst of a battle right now. Just remember that it starts in here. That you need to first look to God to meet your ultimate needs and your ultimate desires. You need to ask God first. It's not that you can't have a hard conversation with your spouse. You need to sometimes. But don't be disappointed when people hurt you because only God cannot disappoint you. Maybe you're single and you're looking for a relationship and you're kind of waiting on God and and you're 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 angry at the world right now because you don't have what you are supposed to have as a young person, let me just encourage you that that God can meet the desires of your heart now and that you don't have to wait until you're married for God to meet the desires of your heart, that you need to be looking as a single person to have rest in Him and have God give you that peace in your in your soul now before you ever get married. Because if you're not settled now, when you get married, you're still going to be unsettled. Did you know that? Single people oftentimes think that when I get married, it's going to fulfill that, that need that I have. Um, but the reality is, is the very opposite. You get into a relationship and you realize, man, I still have that need because this person is not fulfilling all of my needs. It's never been designed for a pers- another person to fulfill all your needs. It's always been about God. And so look to Him to fulfill your needs. And obviously in a marriage, it, there are needs that are met and, and, and you can have a great and wonderful marriage. Um, but ultimately it comes back comes back to God. Um, listen, I, I want our church to be a church that, that people see people of peace, uh, not people of conflict, but people who love each other, people who are willing to push their own wants and desires aside in order for the greater good of, of each other and the family of God, that we would be people who the world looks on the outside and say, why is there so much peace among your people? And why is there not this great conflict? Because I don't know if, if you experience the world like I do sometimes, but in the world there is conflict, always fighting and conflict. But that when people would experience the church, the body of believers, the people here, they would experience a sense of peace, a sense of unity, a sense of willingness for people to push aside their own wants and desires for the sake of each other. And I would love to see that happen. And I already do see it happening in and among you, and I'm so thankful for it. I want to pray for you today, especially if you're a person who's going through a difficult time and in the midst of a fight. And uh, let's pray together. Let's ask the God, God to meet our deepest needs and then us to, to put down our own wants and desires and, and turn to Him. Father, we love you. And um, what a difficult message from James that um, he shares that the arguments we are in oftentimes has to do with what's going on in our hearts. 
Father, it's so much easier for us just to say it's them, but God, you don't let us get away that easy. You say it's about the battle within our hearts. And God, I pray that you would just expose the areas uh, of our life where we have tried to find our needs met in people or things. We've tried to become a friend to the world and, and, and looked to things of the world to fulfill us instead of you, Father. God, I ask that uh, right now that you would begin to meet those deep desires of our hearts for that person who needs you and has been looking elsewhere. God, I pray you begin to fulfill their heart right now, um, that you would give them the peace, you would give them the, um, the self-affirmation and the encouragement that you love them, you would speak your promises to them through your word, um, that they are forgiven, that they are in Christ, uh, that they are a new creation. Um, God, that you love them. Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to close out with a...